Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Thursday, May 25th, 2017. Carol Masser along with Corey Johnson. I'm live at J.P. Morgan headquarters. And coming up, uh, Corey, we are going to get a perspective on the fixed income market, uh, talking about the alternative fixed income strategies at J.P. Morgan asset, Oksana Aronov. So she's coming up in just a moment. And what an important time to do so with rates creeping yeah. up and uh, changes in that world. But first, maybe creeping up. We'll maybe. See. Business with headlines from Charlie Pellet. All right. right now, Charlie. I uh, thank you very much. It was a record-setting day for both the S&P and NASDAQ. S&P up 10 to 24.15, higher by four-tenths of 1%. NASDAQ up 42 to 62.05, up seven-tenths of 1%. The Dow up 70, a gain of three-tenths of 1%. Ben Mandel is global strategist at J.P. Morgan Asset Management. He was our guest today right here on Bloomberg Markets. Uh, there's a global fundamental that has been really important in driving equities higher. So it's not just a U.S. phenomenon. We view that as queuing off of uh, a decent global fundamental. And I think embedded in that view is a virtuous cycle in the global economy. Mark Zuckerberg, one of Harvard University's most famous dropouts, returned to campus today to deliver a commencement address and finally get a degree, if only an honorary one. I am honored to be here with you today because, let's face it, you accomplished something I never could. If I get through this speech today, it'll be the first time I actually finish something here at Harvard. Well, Facebook shares advanced today up by 1.3%. Oil pulling back after that OPEC agreement in Vienna, down 5.2% on West Texas Intermediate, now at 4068. Brent down 5.1%. Gold up one-tenth of 1% to 1256 the ounce. Recapping, S&P at a record up 10 to 24.15. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. I don't know if that's uh, the best way to describe the fixed income market at this point, but we do want to talk a little bit about what's going on there. Look at the flows. Uh, here with us is Oksana Aronoff. She is Alternative Fixed Income Strategist at J.P. Morgan Asset Management. We are here at J.P. Morgan Headquarters at the Defined Contribution uh, Summit, Defined Contribution Advisor Summit. Welcome to Bloomberg Radio. Thanks, Greg. Look at the fixed income market. I say so broadly. There's so many different ways to play it. I mean, how should investors um, be looking at fixed income right now? Well, I think easy money is absolutely the way to describe it or has been the way, the right way to describe it for a number of years now and arguably a number of decades. I mean, fixed income market arguably is the most overpriced or artificially priced market out there, potentially in capital market history, frankly, with $30 trillion, $30 trillion of stimulus globally, right? And today we are sitting um, on, you know, when you look at fixed income broadly, it's a market where the risk reward has continued to go down, right? So the amount of mm-hmm. you're getting has continued to go down, down, down. And yet the amount of assets that has chased this continuously lower and lower reward continues unabated. We had $200 billion flow in just last year alone, uh, perhaps a record. And specific pockets of that market are enjoying um, tremendous demand as well. Emerging market debt has had $25 mm-hmm. billion dollars of inflows so far year to date, which is more than all of last year. And frankly, 
like the rest of the fixed income market, it is a sector priced for perfection. And that's really the problem because you can talk about fundamentals and the fact that, you know, they are mixed and there are pockets that are fundamentally very sound in emerging market debt, for example. But the problem is that when you have an asset that is priced for perfection, anything other than perfection in the future will potentially undo that price. Um, and so when investors think about fixed income, I think it's really important to start um, considering that as opposed to simply, you know, fundamentals are good or the central banks are there for you. They're going to bail you out, et cetera, et cetera. And it's really... Perfection imp- doesn't last long. Perfection does not last long at all. <laughs> yeah. Carol, and you've lasted important- quite long. I'd completely... <laughs> not that easy, Corey Johnson. Um, you have great <laughs> colleagues. <laughs> smart ones. Uh, absolutely. So it's important to, to consider diversification in fixed income today because I think it's been a concept very familiar to equity investors, right, yeah. uh, for many, many years. On the fixed income side, it hasn't really played as major of a role. And again, the central banks have been there for you. But we're now looking at a world where the central banks are removing their support. You have an improving economic picture in spite of. Well, uh, the ECB still. So the ECB is still there. there, but they are starting to talk. I mean, they're behind the Fed, right? But they're right. starting to talk about the possibility of exit. They want to keep having that conversation. The economic picture in Europe is certainly not mm-hmm. as bad as what, right? So everything is on the trajectory that is not consistent with where rates are. And yet you have this complete sort of complacency in the bond market. Now, that doesn't mean you need to throw out all of your bonds. That's certainly not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here but is get that... get ready for maybe something different. Right. And, and we just have so many assets on one side of that trade. Yeah. Yeah. And not enough diversification in portfolios. Do you, in terms of diversification, what about diversification, not just in terms of what you hold, corporates, treasuries, whatever, international, but also in terms of uh, across sort of the risk spectrum, so looking at junk in some cases and looking at treasuries in another. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think the question of, you know, what are the best opportunities in fixed income today needs to be needs to start being answered not from a long-only perspective, but from a long-short perspective. I mean, we are in a world where there are $8 trillion of negative yielding securities. So there's got to be some opportunities there to actually go short and get paid for for going short, right? Right. At least there's got to be some pockets in that $8 trillion space. Um, Also, I think it's important to not confuse quality with safety. Right. So historically, the higher the quality of a fixed income security, the safer it is. And if you look for just just to give you an example, the highest quality security out there is a long is the long bond, the long term treasury. And if you look at it over the past five years, actually had a much more dramatic drawdown than high yield, than junk rated debt. Not only has it had a more profound drawdown, it's taken a significantly more time to get back to the flat line. How do you explain that? That's the lack of that margin of safety when you have really very, very little coupon cushion to, to, to protect you against interest rate risk and in the case of credit credit risk. Right. What do you think the fixed income environment will be over the next, I don't know, what kind of visibility do you feel like you have securely? Well, I mean, let's look at what we know today, right? We talked about the improving economic picture, but let's talk about the technicals too because they are changing as well. Um, the Fed is the largest holder of U.S. Treasuries, and we know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Japan and China are the next two largest holders of U.S. Treasuries, and they are reducing their holders, the holdings there. Um, banks are arguably the third largest holders of Treasuries, and what are they going to do if there is some deregulation in their future considering that they've doubled their um, treasury holdings over the last five years. So right. they're not going to be existent um, providers of that demand, potentially. Um, we also so a lot know, more supply. Um, a lot more supply, potentially a lot more stuff sloshing around um, the markets. And the dealers, of course, have you know, removed themselves largely, or they don't have the amount of capital they used to have um, to, to be a shock absorption mechanism for these markets. The other thing we know today 
is that um, there is 100% probability that the Fed is going to hike in June, and the following hikes are priced in with over 90% probability. Right. And we still have a two-year at 128, 129, whatever. I mean, is that really going to be the case when the Fed does hike and potentially hike again? I mean, th- that's the complacency that, that I'm talking about. Right. It's certainly an interesting environment that we've been in. Um, we got to leave it there. Thank you. Thank you. Come back. We'd love to talk to you. Certainly. Oksana Aronov, she's an alternative fixed income strategist at J.P. Morgan Asset Management with us here at J.P. Morgan headquarters in New York City. We're live at the Defined Contribution Advisor Summit, which has been going on over the last couple of days. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets, and this is Bloomberg Radio. It is time for a check on the latest world and national news headlines. Adrian Mitchell in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Carol. A federal appeals court says President Trump's travel ban is steeped in animus. In upholding an earlier block, the ban on travel from six mostly Muslim nations, the court says, is directed at a single religious group. President Trump is calling on NATO nations to spend more on defense. And in Brussels, Trump linked terrorism to immigration policy. Terrorism must be stopped in its tracks or the horror you saw in Manchester and so many other places will continue forever. You have thousands and thousands of people pouring into our various countries and spreading throughout. And in many cases, we have no idea who they are. British officials say Prime Minister May has spoken with the president about intelligence leaks in the Manchester bombing investigation. This after a BBC report that British police have stopped sharing information with the U.S. Bloomberg's Kevin Cirilli says the timing of the report is significant. This being reported by the BBC just before the NATO summit is clearly sending a signal about the uh, mistrust right now and the skepticism that many of the U- European counterparts have with the administration. In a statement, the president says the administration will get to the bottom of the leaks. Former Greek Prime Minister Lucas Papademos has been hurt in what reports say was a package bombing inside his car. He suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Adrian Mitchell.